one God, now and forever. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. We're going to take just a minute now to, to celebrate May May. Um, I'm, I'm sad that Kelly couldn't be with us again uh, at 11 o'clock because she did a wonderful job of honoring May May and celebrating her gifts. But I'm going to name a couple of the things that Kelly named. I'll probably leave some out, and I might add a couple. We'll, we'll just see. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but May May, what we want to do as a church today is, is to offer you a blessing as you head into a new phase of life, and also to celebrate the ways that God has already been at work in you, uh, and as you have served your family and your church and the whole community. And some of the things that Kelly lifted up, she, she said she's seen God at work in you as, you've, as you served as a big sister. I think she said she's never known a better big sister. Is that close to what she said? Um, and the ways that you care for your family. Um, and so we honor that and the ways that you have loved all of those who've, who've come behind you. Uh, the ways that you care for our kids in our nursery and on Thursday nights as you, uh, as you care for them while Kelly leads Bible study. Um, and also all of the ways that you show your fierce determination uh, and your hard work in school. Uh, the ways that you care for all of our folks and um, the light that you bring and the joy that you bring to our community. We give thanks for that. Do you have anything you'd like to share with the church this morning? <laughs> the people have spoken. Good morning. Um, I'm not the best public speaker, so bear with me. Um, I just wanted to thank y'all for all that you've done for me as I've been growing up and um, just taking care of me as a stubborn little kid who didn't always listen. And um, just thank you for everything that y'all do for me and continue to do for me. And um, thank you for just helping me grow up and ride this ride with me. It's been great. Amen. Let's, uh, let's join together now in praying as we prepare to hear the word of the Lord. Oh Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that you would speak clearly to us now, that we might know the truth of your scripture, not only in our minds, but in our lives, that you would write the truth of your gospel and its good news on our hearts. We pray this in your powerful name. Amen. Our scripture lesson today comes from the book of Ephesians, from chapter 1. We'll read verses 7 through 10 today. Ephesians 1, 7 through 10. Hear this word. In him that is Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and insight. He has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. You pray with me and for me now. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts find acceptance in your sight, Almighty Father. For it is you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So I'm going to need a little, a little congregational participation today. Are y'all up for a little congregational participation? 
So, and I need y'all to do this in the way that you would when you're sharing coffee with your good friend or your spouse and you're grumbling a little bit, maybe a little more than a little bit, and you ask, what is the world coming to? So I'm going to give y'all, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give you a cue as we go through, but I just need y'all to ask that question with me. Can y'all help me out with that? So let's, let's try it together. What is the world coming to? Y'all don't sound nearly disgruntled enough. I need a little more, a little more oomph to your, to your dissatisfaction here, okay? What is the world coming to? All right, there we go. And we ask this question in different ways. Sometimes we say, what is the world coming to? Sometimes we look around and we say, kids these days. Am I right? They're lazy. They're obsessed with their screens and their little pocket computers. There's this bullying I've heard about. They're relationally inept. You see them at, at the dinner table and they're just staring at their phones. They don't even know how to talk to one another. And they, I mean, it's really unbelievable if you told somebody this 10 years ago. They talk into their phones and their phone writes it into a message and then it goes to someone else's phone and they have it read by a computer to them instead of calling, right? Kids, these somebody's calling right now. It's the Lord. Kids these days. It's not just the kids either. I know some of you use Siri to send your text messages. And it's not just our phones and everything else. Just listen to the politicians, right? There's the fake news that we don't know who to trust. There's the economy that jobs are being created at, at exactly the rate they should be if you listen to some people and that people aren't going back to work if you listen to others. There's all the news about vaccinations and some folks doing their own thing and other folks listening to the experts and everything else. They said we won't reach herd immunity more than likely at this point. There's taxes and there's policing and there's our infrastructure that's crumbling. What world coming to. It's just not right now either. This has been a sentiment throughout the generations that we're not really sure where the world is headed. We see this in literature. There are futuristic dystopias, right, that big brother and government surveillance will be looking over us. There's concerns that in the future people won't read uh, either because all the books are burned and have been taken away or because they're too mesmerized by screens or whatever else. Technology takes over passively in some of these stories where we just become more and more and more attached to our devices and less and less connected to one another and to the soil that sustains us. Or maybe it's actively as artificial intelligence goes rogue and becomes our computer overlords. There are also concerns about moral bankruptcy, that our identities are more and more confused, sexual permissiveness, unchecked greed, unfettered consumption with no sense uh, that the world, that creation is a gift to us that we should steward well. There's racism and sexism and ableism, faltering patriotism, dangerous nationalism, terrorism, war, crime, violence at home. What is the world coming to? These things, we, we can't deny their existence on the one hand. We can't pretend like everything is okay. There aren't any simple solutions for it. And so we ask, what is the world coming to? We have this sense, and it's, it's a pretty pervasive sense for us at this point, 
that uh, we're going to use a little, it's, it's baccalaureate day, so we're going to use a little, a little edumacation uh, to celebrate May May today, all right? So we're going to talk a little bit about thermodynamics. It's not as complicated as it sounds. But there's a, there's the first law of thermodynamics is that ener- energy is conserved, that if you introduce any kind of energy into a system, it remains, and as that happens, it becomes less and less focused and more and more chaotic. So uh, if, if I move my hand this way, it moves a bunch of air particles that disperse and continue to move everything else, right? And as that happens over a course of time, there's more and more chaos in a closed system. This is called entropy, the sense that things get more and more chaotic. That's the second law of thermodynamics, is if energy is conserved, then things get more and more chaotic in the system. And when we apply this to social dynamics, to our experience of the world, it leads us to pessimism, right? And there, there is another option that's not as pervasive anymore, optimism. But for a while before World War I and World War II, this was the dominant theme for the world. Before the World Wars, we were in the middle of an industrial revolution. There was a real sense that we could feed everyone that we could have transportation that would take us around the globe quickly, that we could communicate better and better, that everybody could have what they need in terms of housing. We could build giant cities with giant towering structures with the steel that we were able to produce. We were making cars and railroads. There was a sense that there was nothing that humans could not do. Humans can do anything was the sense. And then came the world wars. Total War in World War I, Hiroshima, Nagasaki, Dresden in World War II. And we continued to say humans can do anything, but rather than it sounding like optimism, it sounded like pessimism, right? We can do anything. We have dramatically increased our ability to kill one another efficiently. The Industrial Revolution has done wonderful things and, and made some terrible things possible. With that bubble burst, we end up cycling through optimism and pessimism. Sometimes at at variable intervals, right? Some people are happy every four years, and the other people are upset. And then these folks get happy, and the other folks get upset. Y'all tracking with me? Everything's going great. Everything is terrible. Everything's great. Everything's terrible. And we still have reason for optimism that we know. Today, we celebrate our mothers We celebrate graduations. But there's this deeper sense that everything's getting more and more chaotic, that everything is getting worse. And it makes us ask, what is the world coming to? And we also have to ask, what are we going to do about it, right? What are we going to do about the world? We can gripe and complain. We can moan and groan. And you know, just from my tone, I don't think that's the answer, right? We can try to fix it. We can use politics or the economy or community organizing or advocacy, and we can try ourselves to save the world. And then we continue to beat our heads against the wall. We get exhausted. Then we can just try to ignore the problems and take control over what we can control. What is the world coming to? Paul says, Paul says the world is coming to Jesus. 
Paul says that Jesus is how God has made known to us in all wisdom and all insight the mystery of his will. Who wants to know the mystery of God's will today? Just me. Okay. Three more people. All right. The mystery of God's will, his purpose set forth in Christ before the foundations of the universe is a plan. And that word that gets translated plan as we read it today uh, is, is literally economy, by the way, in Greek. It's the structure of the whole system that, that Paul is talking about. The structure of the whole system, the whole world, the heavens and the earth, the purpose of all of it, the mystery of God's will, is that God is uniting everything in Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth, God is uniting in Jesus. I've told y'all before that I wasn't very good at cleaning up growing up. Katie would tell you I'm still not always very good at cleaning up. But when you're in a hurry to clean up, and there's some stuff that doesn't need to be where it is, where do you put it? Under the bed. I think I heard in the closet. Maybe if you're, if you're real uh, industrious, you might put it up in the attic if you want it to stay away for a long time. You put it away in, in some corner. You don't want it to be seen, right? Depending on the size and how long you want it to be away, you, sh- you shove it under the bed, You shove it in the closet, close the door, pray no one opens that door while they're at the house, right? And and you act like everything is fine. When, When God comes to clean up the world and the mess that we sense it is in, he he gathers all of it up. But he doesn't put it in the corner, he doesn't hide it under the bed, doesn't shove it up in the attic and pray no one sees it. He puts it in the most treasured spot in all of the heavens and the earth, inside of Jesus. All of the mess, all of the sin and the hate and the vitriol, all of the evil and the brokenness, all of the trash and the waste, all of the industrial pollution, all of the isms are brought into Jesus. And in Jesus, they become something beautiful. The world is not coming to chaos. The world is coming to peace in Jesus. We talked over the last couple of weeks about how salvation is applied to us personally, forgiveness and redemption. We talked in detail about these words. But today, Paul tells us the rest of the story. It's not just us, not just us as individuals, But everything in the heavens and the earth are being brought in to Jesus. The world is coming to Jesus because the mystery of the will of God, known in its fullness, is that God wants to gather up all of our brokenness and make it whole in his son, Jesus. So when we gripe, when we ask these questions about kids these days or about what the world is coming to and we have this sense of pessimism that everything is getting worse. Maybe with a few exceptions of good graduates like Maymay or good mothers like the ones we had, but on the whole, everything is getting worse. When we gripe about it and don't embrace the hope of Christ, we have forgotten the gospel. 
when we strive to save the world ourselves, when we work and work and work to fix all of the world's problems on our own in a way that we can never rest, we can never take a break, no one else's standards are ever high enough, they're always falling short because we have got to save the world, we forget the gospel. And when we throw up our hands and quit and just try to live in our own little corner of the world as if the rest of the brokenness of the world doesn't exist, we forget the gospel. So our task as Christians is not to save the world. It's not to moan and groan and gripe and complain. It's not to pretend like the problems of the world don't exist. It's to start with remembering the goodness of God, the mysteries of God from before the foundations of the universe that God is bringing everything into Jesus. And then to go ahead and start living in that reality, not waiting for Jesus to come back where every knee will bow and tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, but now to abide in Christ as he abides in us and let his kingdom be apparent in our own lives, even if nowhere else in the world, and in our community of faith, even if nowhere else in the world and in our denomination and the church throughout the globe, even if nowhere else in the world, that we as Christians can live in the reality of the mystery of God, that Jesus is gathering everything up into himself. And finally, as we remember and as we live in the reality of the gospel, we can prepare ourselves and the world for the completion of Jesus' work. We can wait for it with patience. We wait for it in hope, confident that it is coming, that the world is not leading into more and more chaos. The world is coming to Jesus, who wants nothing more than to save it and to make it beautiful and to include us in that work of peace that conquers all the mess and the chaos. This is the good news of the gospel for us today. We pray with me? Lord Jesus Christ, we ask that when the world seems to be too much, when we are worried and anxious about things beyond our control, or when we choose to ignore things that are beyond our control, even grave injustices, that you would convict us, not in a way that leads us to try to save the world, but in a way that drives us to your heart as you save the world. We pray that you would include us in your work we could labor alongside of you, that we could prepare our hearts for your return, that by your grace, we could know the fullness of your forgiveness that has washed away our sins. We could know the liberation of your redemption that frees us to live in obedience to you. We pray this in your powerful name, your name that was made to save us before the foundations of the world. Amen. Uh, now I'm going to invite Maymay to come up. We're going to pray for Maymay and just offer her a blessing as we prepare to send her forth. Uh, we we have a Bible on the way, Maymay, but it didn't make it in time. So we'll get that to you. Uh, we'll get that to you soon. Um, we want you to keep reading, particularly Scripture, as you as you go forth from us. So uh, remember that. Uh, and but I'll invite you to come forward now, and uh, we'll pray for you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for Maymay. 
We thank you for the grace that you have offered to her throughout her life, the grace that you have poured out over her in her baptism as you have claimed her as your own, as your daughter. We thank you for all the people in this church that have nurtured her, that have parented her, fathered and mothered her as she has grown in grace, as she has matured to become more like Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that that work would continue as she works this summer, as she heads to Ole Miss in the fall, that she would continue to grow as a disciple of Jesus, that you would give her increasing clarity about the work that you are calling her to do with her life, both to make money and a living and in service to you. We pray, Lord, that above all, she would seek to serve you and glorify you, that she would continue to abide in the love that you have shared with her, and that she would continue to offer it generously not just to her family, but to all whom she meets. We pray, Lord, that she would be a sign of your light in a dark world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing now uh, hymn number 338. I invite you to stand in body or spirit as you're able as we sing. Uh, And once we finish singing, uh, I will offer to you a benediction. And I encourage you, if you'd like to visit with one another, to do so outside. I think the weather has cleared up, and uh, it'll be nice to uh, visit with one another outside this morning. Number 338. First and last verse. Thank you, Theresa. As you go out into the world, go in the name of Jesus, who goes with you all the way. Go with the one and to the one who's gathering all things up into himself to save the whole world. 
Go in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.